Oh, they barred it. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Uh, week f- five was freaking terrible. Um, week six, we move, we move on. We move on. And we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Um, but real quick before kind of going into week six, um, we don't talk a ton about like, you know, the emotional side of gambling (laughs) and I've kind of learned my lesson the hard way from years of being on tilt and making terrible decisions as I bet into Sunday night football before kickoff or Monday night football, trying to get back Sunday losses, um, you know what happened on Sunday for me with the you know the Niners and the uh, uh, and the Browns like like blowing those games in the fashion that they did was um, it was tilting and it lingered <laughs> into Monday as I rewatched <laughs> and saw some of the you know re kind of revisited the, some of the questionable calls uh, in that Niners game, they were so tough on the offensive line for them holding. And then they missed that obvious safety that would have at least gotten me to a five point margin instead of seven. Um, and, uh, similarly that pass interference just still killing me in that, uh, charge. I know I, we, we started oh, with like working on man. tilt and you went right back to a bitch session. Again. Well, no, I'm <laughs> just sucks, saying and like, it sucks on the Niners. Yeah. I just, and I talked about this on the matchbook deal, but surely a younger version of myself would have been all in on Kansas city on Sunday night football, trying to get it back. And, uh, you know, but I've learned the hard way, you know, don't, you know, not to make bets on game day. You know, you set your positions here Wednesday, Thursday at the absolute latest, you write them out. Um, and uh, ultimately, I think, um, you know, that I, I didn't do a ton of adjusting to my numbers, particularly around those teams that cost me money last weekend. Uh, and for those reasons, I'm seeing value on a lot of the same sides that I've been betting all season. Um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not really aggressively adjusting week in week out here i'm still pretty heavily influenced by my priors so um you know it's going to be a lot of the same of in terms of what my numbers say to bet this week and i don't tend to venture too far away from that so um you know it's a it's it's not been a great nfl season for me to this point and uh i need to turn it around but uh i think um i think we caught a couple winners this week so excited to break down this card yeah, what for sure. You? And, uh, shout out to yeah, some people in the chat already. I, I actually just I couldn't see what I was flipping to for backgrounds, <laughs> and I flipped to a Tim Hortons, which I'm gonna pretend I meant to. Happy, happy belated Canadian Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving to all you Canadian. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you had a good Monday off. I hope you enjoyed it with your family, friends, and whoever else you celebrate weird ass Canadian Thanksgiving with. I'm not sure what if you eat turkeys or not. That's what we do. I will hopefully you'll join us on a regular normal American Thanksgiving in a few weeks. Yeah, probably about a month, month, five weeks, I suppose. We'll do a couple of dives at halftime. We might do a bonus one this weekend for London. Somebody Ooh. brought that up and we forgot all about that. I'm, I'm down. Sure what I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. So, yeah. Um, 
yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get her figured out. My numbers haven't changed more as, a ton uh, as weeks go on. I use less and less of my priors and more of more of my game grades. I go with for my numbers though. Uh, took some big, and we'll get to a couple of these games. We'll let's you know dive right in. We have bye weeks yeah. this week, so there we we're not going to be struggling to keep this under two hours today. Hopefully, we have a couple teams that aren't even playing, which helps. But uh, there's a few games where. We had to make some massive adjustments because we have some big quarterback problems uh, as far as broken fingers and concussed brains and things like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing to start with for that one, though, in this uh, this first match, the Thursday night match. I'm watching too much soccer and hockey, I guess, calling it a match. <laughs> Let's call it a game. Um a lot of a lot of Philly money. I don't blame people taking the seven and a half here at home. I think that's probably some good grabs by some people. I'm hesitant to take either side in this one, though. I'll, I'll get into that if you want to kind of just set up this game a little. So I did get involved, ultimately. I laid the seven uh, at uh, plus money price. It got to the point where I couldn't uh, turn it down. I have downgraded Tampa Bay's defense on the basis of who's going to be available no winfield in this game no levante david in this game you are down a couple of defensive backs um and i recognize that tampa bay's defense is not what we expected starting the season um however um you're still going up against a relatively untested quarterback on a short week you're still going up against a, a, he- a head coach who has never had to prepare for this type of situation um, and there's really not a lot you can say about the Philadelphia offense this season that screams consistency, irrespective mm-hmm. of their opponent. Um, so ultimately, I do think that the number ought to be seven and a half here. Um, I still have Tampa Bay kind of Tampa Bay, Buffalo and Kansas City are clustered so tightly in terms of my current power number that they're indistinguishable in my mind. And um you know we just closed a game where kansas city was seven point favorites against philly i thought kansas city was the right side in that one uh they covered obviously i think uh similarly if you put buffalo at philly in the spot they would be favored by more than a touchdown i don't think that you can really um truly quantify the difference in expected performance from a veteran quarterback like tom brady with a fully healthy set of weapons going into this game outside of gronkowski obviously And um, I think Philadelphia's defense has shown us that they are susceptible to getting beat down the field with the exact type of aggressive approach that Tom Brady has sort of kind of found common ground here with the the Byron Leftwich, with with the Bruce Arian system, where they are taking shots relatively frequently. Those, Those shots, I think, are high probability of conversion against this Philly defense, which means... You're talking about Brady and Tom and uh, Tampa playing from ahead for a lot of this game. The one strength of the Philly defense of their D line up against the absolute all universe offensive line for Tampa does not scare me at all. Um, and then you're telling you're asking Jalen Hurts to play score for score with this offense and or come and or comeback mode uh, to close the gap and to get the cover. I don't think either of those things are especially likely. Uh, so I don't mind being on the road on a short week, laying a point, like, laying the contrarian favorite kind of a little. Um, yeah, I, I get why people are taking the seven and a half at home. If you got a good seven and a half, maybe not the worst look. If you if that's where you're leaning, I like a lot of things about this Philly offense, but just like Drew said, I worry about them playing in a extreme negative 
um, game state. When, if, if anybody, when we start talking game states, you, you, you know, you can break it down even more granularly by like win percentage probabilities, but essentially like you have, I'm within one score, I'm up by a score or I'm down by a score. And, you know, I try to keep it in three buckets. Like, are you behind by eight or more? Are you up by eight or more? Or is it somewhere in the middle? And in the middle is just a neutral game state where you're not, you know, freaking out. We have to hit a hurry up offense and really go pass heavy and work the sidelines or anything like that because it's late yet. It's, you know, there, there's, there's that, and you know, getting in that negative game state where you're down by eight or more for Philly. That's where I do worry about them. You can be a little mistake laden in general but for anybody you have a young quarterback a questionable play caller at times a questionable head coach and then yeah also the the biggest part of if i had to rank all the parts of the philly defense the coverage unit is the most probably sketchy for me and they've shown like hey gronk's out yeah they put up a shitload of points without him they still have a bunch of really good receivers like they that sucks it sucks to be missing gronk but we have a bunch of other really good receivers. Tom Brady's still just fine. That offensive line is holding up pretty nicely right now. They're going to put up points. This totals where it's at for a reason. And yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant to back Philly in a spot where they'd have to be coming back. I'd look at them maybe like first half, first half team total over. I do think Philly gets there, sticks with them for the first half. Maybe, maybe not even sticks with them, but scores, you know, ends up with like 14. They can still be down. I actually probably lean towards a first half over in this one as well. I think somebody brought that up. Sam Lipscomb says uh, these teams rank one and two in early down passing in the first half. Mm. Tampa Bay secondary is banged up. And not only that, Levante David's hurt. Uh, Winfield's mm-hmm. going to be out with the concussion again. So Philly could have some success early, but just like Drew said, going bang for bang with uh <laughs> bang for, but that's not a phrase anyone right. uses right. shot for shot, point for point drive for drive with this Tampa Bay offense. Going to be awful tough for this team. So yeah. One other I, point uh, to bring up uh, O-line injuries for the Philly remain an issue. Uh, pass rush for aggressive pass rush, aggressive blitzing scheme of Todd Bowles could make this a long day for Jalen Hurts. Um, I think if Jalen Hurts is a tried to, if they try to use him out of the pocket, out of structure, on the ground, Devin White's a great matchup for him in terms of being able to go speed off ball. And uh, I think ultimately this is uh, one way traffic for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. That brings us to Sunday. Unless you're in Hawaii, then it's probably, <laughs> it's probably still not Saturday there. But it's it's very very early in the morning. This is six a.m., six thirty a.m. West Coast time. I'm not sure what three that is. hours. We're three hours different. It's six thirty my time, so I think it's three thirty a.m. Three thirty Hawaiian Aleutian time. Yeah. If you're in the uh, if you're in the Kodiak Isles or somewhere in Waikiki. This is very, very early. It's going to be early for you. Heck, it's nice for me. I, I seriously was in when, – when somebody brought it up, like, hey, are you guys doing a halftime show? I'm like, I should take a picture of myself. I'm in bed. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even up yet. I've, you know, I'd gotten up, had some coffee, and, you know, I went back to bed and just watched the game there. It was nice. But we'll definitely do something this Sunday. And this is, this is an ugly one with the possibility of being a little bit cooler if Tua comes back. Miami's a weird one for me right now. I kind of have them in a flux spot because a big part of their passing offense has taken a big hit. And that's, I think Miami might be a bet on team later in the season. 
because we saw like they've struggled. They have, I mean, there's no other way to put it. They've struggled against teams. Maybe they shouldn't be struggling with. And a big part of it is Jacoby Brissett is probably not as good as Tua, not as dynamic for sure. And he's not as ingrained into the oh, game plan. You saw though, you saw that, uh, that graphic that uh, I need to give him some credit. Cause this guy makes probably among my favorite graphics on Twitter, but uh, Anthony Reinard, does that sound? Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He created one of the cooler graphics I saw today where he basically was like, here is the EPA loss, cumulative EPA loss by their by their by wide receiver drops. Jacoby Brissett was number two cumulatively in the it's NFL he, under way fewer a pass attempts. Funny spiral. It's the is it is it really his ball is uncatchable? I can't believe that. I think it's just been unfortunate for him. And honestly, I don't know that the downgrade from I don't I don't know that there is a downgrade between Tua and Brissett. Although Brissett has been getting the reps this, I mean, excuse me, Tua has been getting the reps this week. The coaches that, are saying positive so. things about him. So who the fuck knows? Yeah, getting getting him back, getting not only that, but getting your receiver core back to full health would be great. Um, I know Byron Jones is fighting. Uh, he's got his leg injury, Achilles maybe. Uh, Xavier Howard had some injuries, and then uh, yeah, Devontae Parker obviously didn't practice again. But it's if we can get both receivers and Tua back to full health, it's a team that can compete. So maybe these are nice situations when a team has some injuries, and maybe they're they're not in the national spotlight because they're not in big, even though they they kind of will be in the morning here. You'll have some. Uh, you'll have a little bit of spotlight on them, but a team like this that underperforms for a reason—that is injuries—you can often often turn them into a bet on team once they get healthy again because the market is a little down on them. I don't have a strong opinion on this game. Uh, this is this is a pretty ugly one to me. My power numbers are again in flux because I don't know if what we're getting with Tua. I have to make a small adjustment for that. Miami is playing a back-to-back road game. It looks like we're going to be traveling thursday afternoon after a walkthrough yeah. for them jacksonville i'm still not sure but i'm assuming they'll do what they always do i'm i'm i have no interest in betting this except at halftime yeah okay uh that seems fair and i think we'll get a sense at halftime if the jags are taking this game seriously or if they send a message to mr khan to leave the coach on the tarmac which you know, has been a two-week building, you know, moment here. Um, before, and I didn't play this game. We should mention the market a little bit here. It's been bet out from Dolphins minus three to Dolphins minus three and a half at a lot of places. Um, that's fair. I mean, I get in, but I'll, actually, there's been some buyback today. I should, uh, I should hold my tongue. It looks like it's coming back down to a juicy three, uh, and the total of is interesting as well because we expected about a 43, 44 total, and it has been bet up to 47 and then and a half, and then back down to 47. Although Circa is leading the market right now at 47 and a half, so there is some sharp inclination to play this over um i didn't really want to get involved in this over but i get why people are playing it i get why my people think miami is the side um i do think though that uh, miami has not shown an ability to generate much of a pass rush this season which means that uh, trevor lawrence is going to have time and when he have time, has time he can you know he can do some things positively so um should be a pretty competitive game hopefully it's interesting hopefully the jags don't spend all night wednesday night all night saturday night out at the london pubs uh and then no show on sunday morning um 
what uh, what's the deal with the grading on first coach fired props for you? Because I've had some um, some places grade L's, and then I have a couple of places that are pending still on first coach fired. Uh, do you think that they're we're getting free rolled there, and they're eventually just going to grade him a loss if he is fired this week, or what do you think? Yeah, there, there's places that have opened next coach to be fired, and Urban is even money there. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I, I haven't even looked. I had, I have so many futures at the books. I'd have to go back and look if my Urban one is still alive. My Urban one is still pending at one book apparently. So yeah, me as well. Um, first coach to be fired, it says. So maybe a resignation isn't uh, isn't. I'll have to look at. Maybe I'll have to do a little asking around on that one. It would be cool, but yeah, we're for sure we're for sure getting free rolled. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, no bet. I, I'd lean towards this over, but it's already been steamed up a little just because of exactly what Drew said there. If if uh, if Trevor's not being pressured, he's not a bad quarterback. He just boy, when he faces a tough pass rush, things are going to go badly for him right now. This team has a lot of needs. I hope they keep losing so they can draft some more. Bob, uh, maybe another first round running back. That'd be good. Hey, you want to some Spartan one four one fours question? Next, next coach, coach to have, to have emails this week. <laughs> I mean, there's oh, a lot of coaches that were a part of that Washington football team tree who were there around those times who probably have some things. I'd hate to see the Deuce Gruden in ones. <laughs> Do you think he knows how to email is the question, I think. Um, <laughs> I couldn't see him typing. <laughs> just traps for days. All right, Houston Indy. Oh, boy. Uh, this one is interesting. And rather than talk about the side or the total, because this has been battered back and forth between nine and a half and ten. And who cares? <laughs> I mean, I guess ten's key. Um, but ultimately, the Texans are in a very weird state. The team is not being coached well. They are playing hard when they feel like it. Davis Mills is good, but he sucks also. Or he's yeah. not really good at all. He's like average, but he sucks sometimes. Um, it It's a, a home game for the Colts, which presumably should give their defense a little bit more um, of an edge than they had against Baltimore in that second half. Uh, they suffered a handful of meaningful injuries. Darius Leonard obviously is playing through something really serious this year because his performance has been unimpressive. Um, however, it's mostly the pass defense that's suspect and some of Eberflus's scheme, which I find to be sort of the main issue with the Colts defensively. Texans don't have anyone to take advantage of that. By the way, do you see Larry Ray Tunsil? Uh, thumb surgery he's going to be gone for a few weeks so this is an opportunity for the indianapolis colts to get right unbelievable that you have two one and four teams facing off and the home team is a nine and a half point favorite and that's fair um rather than get too much into this side or total is now the buy low on the colts is it now or never do you did you see anything in carson wentz's performance against that ravens defense on the road that has you thinking the Colts are frisky to win the AFC South because not to spoil the surprise, their schedule in the next five games, very soft while the Titans might go one and four. Yeah. I don't want to get to, because just because I've seen this eight times on Twitter already, but it oh, is, 
I mean, yeah, a lot of people have bet this this week already. <laughs> <laughs> not, but not enough that I still see three to ones out there. Mark, you know, I, I don't, I don't think people are hammering it with max bets at every out they have, but people have mentioned that they're going to take the Colts to win the division. If, if not now, never. Like this is the spot. If you think that has a chance, or you have a decent number uh, on Tennessee early, or you're looking to get out of that, or you're scared of their schedule, Tennessee's schedule is rough. Indies is very easy for the next you know five ish weeks. There will there's a decent chance Indy is a favorite. And when they come back and visit this in a month, I'm not getting involved. But I if again. If you're going to, this is the time. This is a, the absolute buy low spot on them. They should, you know, the the win probability on this game is pretty high, despite man, their their list of injuries is nasty as well. And obviously, Houston's probably counteracting that by missing, you know, an important offensive lineman on a on a team that has enough problems to begin with. But man, Indy's Indy's list of injuries was rough, and. Um, they actually signed a new kicker. They got the money badger in. Badgley signed with the team today, I think, which makes me there. I, I kind of like this to and tell you the truth with the injuries to the secondary and the Colts. And as frisky as Mills looked against a team that, you know, people can get frisky on. And just what Houston brings to the table. I think I have this total a little low, but I am very hesitant Ooh, to get involved in it. My total is. Yeah, very hesitant to get involved in an under or an over with Davis Mills slinging it on one side and a cold Michael Badgley coming in, possibly missing six kicks to make me pull my hair out before three o'clock <laughs> on a Sunday. So yeah, Blankenship is is injured enough where they signed another kicker. So I it it might be an over game, but man. I'm I'm very hesitant to get involved in it. I make this game median projected score 2717. 44 points. 44. <laughs> I'm I'm a little over 45. It was 42 and a half. It's it's taken a little steam, but I'm again with a with all the injury quests. And some of it is because of the injury questions. The the hurt, you know, the hurt pieces in this Colt secondary is a big part of, you know, may, maybe I'll just DFS it and get involved with some of these Houston receivers. That feels pretty good. That's very contrarian. So I will uh I'll be staying away from this and we'll move on to the and you're and just Chicago. for just for future clarity, you're staying away from Colts also at three to one to win the race. Yeah. I, I think if people want to bet it, bet it now but um i'm staying away from it okay uh ah, man i thought i had you kind of convinced in the messages the other day <laughs> i thought you i thought i was making very fairly coherent points on that but uh, i just have at the end of the day bets, you're, man you're good okay okay um if you yeah if you do if you are inclined to get involved in that market just go take a look at the next five games for each team and uh you can figure out a way to get some plus ev at three to one colts in my opinion but oh, for sure. uh, you know, if you have enough future bets in your pending, then just pass is fine as well. Uh, let's talk about this rivalry game. Uh, I'll let you tee it up. The four and one Packers head to Chicago to take on the surprisingly feisty wild card pending Chicago Bears at three and two. Yeah, the Bears had some injury. Uh, Fields took some hits. He's a little dinged up. He's got a knee that's bugging him. He's uh he'll play like he's not certainly missing in a practice or anything, but a uh, couple people, the bears have been real sketchy about this pretty much all year. A lot of 
especially on the defensive side, a lot of um, veterans sitting out on Wednesdays, making us wonder if they're really banged up or if it's just taking a break already four, three weeks in, Jesus. But, um, yeah, the Bears have been frisky. I've been forced to upgrade them off a few things, like the defense is playing better. Uh, the play calling is slightly better. They have figured out how to use Justin Fields a little bit. It's helped. The teams they've played have certainly helped, but they're getting it done. Ugly, winning ugly. Brad, uh, what's our Brad Gilbert? Winning ugly. That's the name of his book. Is it? I don't know. Anything yeah, about Brad. It's, I don't. I don't it's read his Brad <laughs> It's his avatar on Twitter. Is his book that he wrote? Oh, oh, winning okay. ugly. But yeah, they they're winning ugly and. I, I, Fetty's hurt, and I think they have one other guy that's might miss. But with the secondary problems for Green Bay, they could probably hang here. Like I know some smart people that are taking that took some decent numbers on the on the Bears here. I make it five, so I I'm leaning a little bit away from taking like a four and a half here. I have a little more respect for Green Bay, but uh, Bears to score points is probably a thing that happens. And when this this total, like this was one of them that was on my early list for secret team total, because this is going to be like Bears 20 and a half. Uh, boy, man. It's not a fun one. That's a... Packers, know, that's a are, your Packers are one of the only like legit edges that I see on the entire card this week. <laughs> so uh, I got to ask you offline who's actually, you know, who's grabbing uh, bears in this market. Cause uh, I make this closer to a touchdown, not quite seven points margin here between these two teams, but um, considering the offense that they're running, that Justin Fields is operating in right now. Uh, and I guess this is, this is my general thought ultimately in the future. This matchup will be really, really good. Justin Fields and the Bears against the Packers will be a really fun matchup because what the Packers like to do, the way their personnel is um, is structured defensively, is not good in terms of matching up against a really athletic, mobile quarterback like Fields who can attack you downfield but also get loose with his legs. Um, right now, though, they're not really giving Fields those opportunities. They're not even really asking him to do that on top of the fact that he is dealing with a ton of injuries. And I do think they are going to err on the side of conservatism, keep him out of harm's way, run a vanilla-ish offense, and just try to beat them by with the passing attack, which if you have you know, a Joe Burrow, Jermar Chase, Higgins, Boyd combo, sure, that can put points up on this Packers team. And you know, not to rub salt in the wound, but they should have put up more than 20 points in the Packers last week. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, this Bears t- offense, I do not see being able to go score for score with Aaron Rodgers what a, whatsoever. And I'm concerned about some of these Bears injuries too. Uh, if you know, we we know Akeem Hicks is dealing with a groin. Um, if he is either less than 100 percent or out of this game, that completely neutralizes the only strength that the Bears bring into this one from a defensive standpoint. Um, I think the Bears secondary is highly questionable. Uh, I know that uh, in general, the way that they are scheming this year is closer to the old Vic Fangio way of things rather than last year. However, uh, I think, however, however, um, Aaron Rodgers absolutely owns these guys. The last two, three meetings, he was unstoppable. Devontae Adams, 
you have no matchup in that secondary that's going to be able to stay within a yard of Devontae Adams on critical, uh, you know, high leverage downs in this one. Um, similarly, the Packers are starting to figure out a little bit better how they want to deploy their running backs, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Uh, it's annoying to me that they are using Dylan the way they are using him in these very predictable, um, you know, very predictable inside the red zone into a stacked box with an offensive line that's injured and can't get any push. Like every one of those snaps in that fourth quarter that he got handoffs that were dead on handoff uh, made me angry. Um, but still at the same time, I like the way they're deploying Aaron Jones a lot. Uh, and AJ Dillon showed flashes in the passing game, which, you know, he has good hands actually. Um, and if he becomes sort of the Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, kind of, you know, the unexpected, like, oh, AJ Dillon's in, it's going to be an inside handoff. Whoa, it's a freaking screen. What? Or like, oh, it's a what? wheel route. <laughs> what? Like those types of misdirection plays, I think would be, I would love to see more of that. Um, and ultimately, I think the Packers get to 28 here pretty comfortably, and I don't see Chicago getting beyond 20. So, uh, my I found a 20, most... one team total is 20 minus 10. I'm, I'm a little sketched off, and not only that, but the, the chance of weather down there in Chicago, but it's, it's slow to be that time of year. It's like it was a little cold and breezy up here today, and it, it was football weather, honestly. It, it, I went to that uh, high school game the other night, and it was like nice out. I'm like, this is good. Like, this is how football game should be instead of being cold and windy. But we are getting to that point, and yeah, it's the Bears offense doesn't have the weapons that other teams have, but at the same time, it, like two weeks ago, we saw what Mooney's ceiling is, I think, and they didn't get him as involved last week. But last week, they didn't really apparently need much to take care of uh, John Gruden's last game, I guess. But they, they got to 20 last week against the, the Raiders and really maybe didn't get pushed. Uh, by the Raiders to score more in the second half. So I believe in this offense. I just, I, I'm probably actually leaning towards an over in this one, as much as I'd hate to take uh, this Bears offense in a, uh, an over total. But because I do hate what's going on in the Green Bay secondary, and this one is only 44 and a half, I think, like you said, Green Bay gets to 25, 27, 28 pretty easily a lot of times. And uh, if Chicago can hold up their end of the bargain, this one's an over. So overlook for me, I might be adding to this. People in the chat freaking out about the uh, the USA qualifier. I love it. Um, okay. I don't mind the over in this one either, but I like the Packers to score more than I like the Bears to score. Uh, and a ton of it's just well, the personnel the and the secondary for the Packers. So, um, yeah. all right. KC, KC. I, uh, wow. Two and three didn't, Chiefs. Didn't, <laughs> Who would yeah, believe it's, it's, it? Odd looking at these. I'll be cheering for the Chiefs. I you know what's really frustrating? You want to talk about tilting? Uh, I feel like we must have said this a dozen times in the previews. Like a lot of the thesis of how to handicap the AFC was, man, the Chiefs have such a tough start. They might be like two and three after five weeks. And yet here I made almost no money. In fact, I probably I think I might have lost money betting on Chiefs games. I'll have to double check. Um, but uh Oh no! Actually, I didn't. I didn't lose money on them. But but still, it's we should have. I should be winning more <laughs> on this because it's going exactly like we thought there it was going to go. Um, we saw the first take clip this week. It wasn't quite fr frame phrase by phrase what we were waiting yeah, on. Yeah, they didn't 
bury him. It wasn't they quite. Dug the they dug the hole. They they didn't mention Super Bowl hangover. That was one of the buzzwords I was waiting on. Um, and I did not bet any futures on the Chiefs this week. I have not bet them to bounce back in this spot. Uh, I don't have any action on this game at all, although we may need to talk about team totals for just out of curiosity what you think. Um, but uh, what were your major takeaways of that Chiefs-Bills game first? Because I know we didn't, we didn't really get to cover it at length. Uh, and what is your temperature on this Chiefs team now in this game and going forward? Uh, Frank Clark sucks. The secondary sucks. <laughs> the safety sucks. Everybody on the field knows it. And if you have a, a receiver that can burn or even Emmanuel Sanders, apparently you can beat these guys deep. Uh, Terry McLaurin props probably aren't high enough. This is this is in Washington. This isn't the best spot for them. I mean, they're still clearly a much better team. But man, this is you got to go to Washington and try to get your pull yourself up to 500. Like they should win this game, but Washington's going to score. And obviously they're going to score. This total's 55 and a half. So uh, Sorensen, that's the guy's name. He Dirty was, Dan Sorensen. Dirty Dan Sorensen had a hell of a hell of a, hell of a day. This out is there. karma have, for what he did to the Browns last year in the playoffs. Oh yeah, he was <laughs> the one behind that hit. So that uh you know, I, I played it. I played against this defense. I took the Buffalo. I pushed out on Buffalo because I was just worried, like, well, Kansas City might just score 40. It doesn't matter if my guys put up 35, but I did play Buffalo team total over. Turned out to be a pretty easy bet. We got our second half bets all taken care of in that one. Um, and I, I think maybe more of a more of a damnation on this KC defense than anything from Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo's offense, we knew they were good. But, so the, okay. Hang on. But, let yeah, me get to the offense real quick. Okay. It just the offense doesn't look sharp. Right. Like the, they haven't the pieces, for a while. The pieces are yeah. there. There's there's things that Mahomes didn't used to do. There's things that the receivers didn't used to drop. And yeah. there's just all it takes is one play, one play like that on a second and long, and all of a sudden you're punting instead of scoring three plays later. They look they look a little off, and I can't quite place why right now. I'm 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 in the same boat as you because it you look at the data the epa per play stuff and it's just like no this is an all-time unit like all time but the eye test isn't doesn't match up the, the sharpness is it, it they feel sloppy they there's small things that that just aren't uh what you want to see i feel like andy reed hasn't given us a plus ev game plan in a while which is weird um, you know, like he had some wrinkles at the goal line against Philly, a bunch of the, you know, the, the misdirection stuff that was clever. Um, but I didn't, I still am not seeing much plus EV out of them offensively. That doesn't mean it's not going to just magically show up midway through the season and they're not going to go scorched earth on teams down the stretch. But, um, you're right. And that the offense has not looked sharp yet. The defense, I want to go back and ask you a more pointed question though. Is the defense what okay? What we saw against the Bills was it looked to me like the defense was prepared for like a different team. Like that's happened a couple times this season where the defensive coordinator just came out and he was like, What team did you prepare for exactly? Like, what like you weren't expecting that from them? Like it was a real head scratching kind of general, uh, just general plan was bad. And, uh, and I wonder I, if it was personnel based. Like we just we don't have the personnel in this scheme properly. Here's what we're gonna try, and 
it might not work and it clearly didn't but yeah total gun to or knife to a gunfight as far as what they brought that and when you're and we've had this discussion and this has turned into the new maybe a bit of a a bit of a tussle in the analytics community pass rush versus coverage sure and i think i'm always going to lean towards coverage in that one i think i'm team coverage but they do work together and coverage will trump pass rush you can have kind of a bad pass rush but if they have more time they're gonna they're gonna get home somebody's gonna get home if you have good coverage whereas you can beat bad coverage by just guys get separation so early that even a good pass rush just doesn't have the time they're limited by the constraints of time you get the ball out in two three step drops it doesn't matter how good the pass rush you could have the you know purple people leaders the steel curtain and aaron donald up there all together if you're throwing the ball in two seconds shit's not going to work so not having either, it's just not <laughs> going to be easy to scheme with. Like you can't scheme with when your pass rush isn't getting home and your coverage is horrible. So yeah, it's and uh, somebody brought up the win total. They do have an adjusted win total of ten and a half, which is a bit interesting looking at their schedule. Um, well, and, their schedule yeah, has a lot more really difficult offenses up until about yeah. week thirteen. Um, you know, they th- it does not necessarily get easier. <sighs> Um, that was part of my thinking on why I have not fired any chiefs. No, I have a team. Total, I have a win, win total under on them. I haven't fired any chiefs futures, be, even though that was the plan, because I have respect for the Washington football team offense. I have respect for the Tennessee Titans offense. They get a brief reprieve against Danny dimes, concussed Danny dimes and then Jason Garrett and the giants. Although they certainly have been a lot friskier than anyone expected this year offensively. And then they get might be back. Packers, Raiders, Cowboys into the bye week. So it will not be until Denver when they take on the, excuse me, December when they take on the Denver Broncos at home that the defense may have a little bit of a break here. Uh, and so I don't know that there's a rush to get involved with this team because they're going to be in a lot of coin flip games, even with this out of this world offense. And really, like, if you want to get involved with them in a future, uh, I think it would be, I, I would take super, oh man, I don't know what I would take. I'm not sure I would want to take anything. They now have lost the tiebreaker and they will get to try to even up the tiebreaker against the Chargers. But in, in LA, in LA though, but you, you right now, Buffalo and the Chargers have the tiebreaker on you. It makes it awful tough to get that one seed. So uh, let's go back to the AFC West. Even you get plus money on them to win the AFC West right now. Yep, I don't want any above. part of that. I don't want any part of that. Um, and if they don't win the AFC yeah, West, instead of betting that, bet again. Bet on them when they play the Chargers next time. That's yeah, there you easier go. Bet. Easier bet. And oh, by the way, if they do sneak in as the wild card which seems right now as their most likely path to the playoffs. They wrap up their season at the LA Chargers, home for the Steelers, at Cincinnati, at Denver. So three of their last four games will be road games. And you don't have to do the math to know if you go into the playoffs as a wildcard team, it is likely that you will have to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs are realistically their most likely path to the Los Angeles Super Bowl this year is 
five straight road wins. <laughs> has that ever been done in history, Andy? And then that's where I'm thinking, like, Josh here has the idea. If you want to bet a Chiefs future bet, find this adjusted t- team to or win total over over ten and a half. You think Them eleven and to, six? They go third. They go. They go. They go nine and three from here. Oh, even that's tough, man. This is this a ten win team? Jesus Christ, what's happened? If this <laughs> offense clicks, they go. They can. They can win all the games. Like it, it doesn't. It, they can turn into you know. The, what, what we're seeing from the Cowboys, where it's just uh, the defense isn't that good. Like, there's a few flash players, but it doesn't matter if they're going to score 40. That's kind of what we had, in, you know, in the past with this team. So, I don't know. Uh, I think we'll, we can get deeper into this next week after this game. But, like, I'm not just right now, I'm not betting on the Chiefs to win anything. I don't want any of their futures or schedules too tough right now. And I don't think, I don't think we're going to get to get to see them in the one seed. Okay. Nine and four. Okay. Wait, no, it is nine and three. They're they would eleven and six would be the winner for over ten and a half, and they're two and three right now. So, yeah, only three more. Nine yeah, three. I have under under twelve and a half. I only need two more losses all year. Feeling pretty good about that one. Their toughest games for that for what it's worth, their toughest games are at at home. Yeah, Packers, Cowboys, um. At the Chargers is pretty difficult, obviously, but their road games are not, they're not, they're going to be favored. They're going to continue to be favored almost every week. I think you just got to pick your spots. Teams are playing up against them, though. They're playing aggressively. That's making this defense look that much worse. Like they're getting everybody's best shot, um, which is, you know, that's the nature of things. <laughs> that's what happens when you go to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Um, teams tend to circle you on their calendar. Uh, I know play for me on this game. Let's uh, let's carry on to um, Minnesota, Minnesota Carolina. Carolina. Teased it. The not often used seven point minus thirty teaser. Talked about it this morning. This is one leg. You can only use this really on ones and nine and a halves, but uh, went ahead and did it. So I teased Which side them. did you tease? Carolina. You teased Carolina. I'm not scared of this. No, I'm, I'm very, I'm very out on Minnesota being a consistent team. I said nice things about them, and I think I might have been mistaken. So mm. I, I did what I did. I want to hear your takes on it, just in general. Like, who wins the damn game? I have Vikings by three. So I laid, I took the money line when it was plus money. Um, didn't love the injury report today for the Vikings. <laughs> In fact, it made me very sad. I'm very hopeful that there is some gamesmanship going on and that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are fine. Um, I don't, I didn't see anything watching the game that, or watching, you know, some of the late tape in that one that was like, hmm, those guys didn't look right. They looked fine. Um, I also don't hold, a letdown against when you play the Lions at home against the Vikings last week. Yes, they should have won by more. Yes, that should have been a comfortable win, but I don't think that tells you much about them as far as their overall strength as a team. Um, interesting that they were heavily backed last week, out to 11, and then did not come close to covering. Really, I don't think ever looked like that cover was going to make it. Um, and then, <laughs> well, yeah, the Dalvin Cook back, expects Zimmer to bring out the bad game plan is always in the back of my head however 
Panthers are susceptible to Dalvin Cook in space. Uh, I think in you know I think really there's a lot of similarities with what the Vikings are doing offensively. They're to me it's very cheap. It's very Cowboys light uh, in terms of who they have personnel wise and what they're trying to run. And I think we saw when the Pan, you know Cowboys and the Panthers played this Panthers defense. That Panthers team was in an advantage spot, and they could not keep up with the Cowboys. They could not keep them out of the end zone. They could not come back when they were in a deficit. And I think ultimately that's what I can, I'm concerned about when it comes to Sam Darnold. And as you brought up eloquently at the beginning, game state matters. And when it's Sam Darnold that you're talking about and he's in a negative game state, I am perfectly fine writing him off. And the opposite is true of Kirk Cousins. If Carolina is doing well in this game, if they come out strong, if they take a lead, I'm not going to be sweating a Kirk Cousins comeback really at all because that may unwind the bad game plan by Zimmer. Um, and in general, for whatever it's worth, this Minnesota team doesn't seem like they have come in any way, shape, or form. They're not showing in me, at least, in terms of body language, in terms of how they're playing these games. They're not showing me that they have called it on this season at all and that they think they can still absolutely compete for a playoff spot. I think that if you pulled that locker room, they would tell you to a man, no, no, we're going to the playoffs. This is a playoff team. Um, I think they feel like they probably got wrong result in the first two games and that they should be, uh, you know, four and one at this point instead of two and three. So it's, uh, you know, I think and and, you know, they got a kicker. I know he missed the game-winning kick against the Cardinals, but that guy can kick. And so if this does come down to last possession, um, I'm fine being on the Vikings here at plus money. Uh, market has come with me despite the injury news. It is minus one right now. A couple of places have a one and a half. So this may continue to drift. Um, but ultimately, I think Minnesota is the correct favorite. And I am glad that I have uh, a little bit of perceived CLV here. Yeah, I make it Minnesota by a half point. <laughs> That's where oh, I'm wow. at right now. And uh, I'm I'm not very high in Carolina's home field. Not much situationally, but yeah, Minnesota I've had to downgrade just due to some uh, game grades. If that's what you're going to do with your offense, with all those good pieces, if that's the game plan you're going to run out, you're going to get a bad game grade and you're going to get downgraded. So I have them close enough and obviously like, yeah, if, if Darnold needed to come back and win the game, I'd feel awful bad about a bet. But inside of a teaser, just keeping it keeping it to eight, I'm fine with that. So I did, okay. and I forgot to mention, I did tease them with the Colts. The Colts were the leg I brought down. Right. And in general, uh, again, if there's Two one... home teams. Yeah. The, <laughs> there's one kind of way that I am nervous backing the Minnesota Vikings. And that is if you have a deep passing attack that can really expose some of their weaknesses down the field. And that specifically goes against what we've seen, seen Sam Darnold be able to do in his career and continuing into this year, even with a Joe Brady schemed offense. So for a lot of reasons, I think Minnesota is the right side here. I really hope that those injuries trend more positively and that we see, um, we see some some good news. <laughs> yeah, having Barr and Thielen and all those guys still banged up would be bad. Thielen would be important. Um, Survivor, Joey, we haven't quite got to that yet, although Indy, yeah, Indy plays Jacksonville still. Like There may be better spots there, but outside of 
what outside of Indy, there are three plus EV sides in Rams this week. The Rams are not one of them. Are are a, a big favorite, but they're a road favorite, and they're in a weird spot, and we don't know where the injuries are. If you have to put in your survivor stuff early, that's a that's a rough one. So like the the Colts are probably going to used by a bunch of people. I think people who haven't used Tampa are maybe looking at other spots outside of a Thursday game, but that might be something to use just because they're a favorite. A lot of people use Buffalo up already. Buffalo versus that Tennessee defense is awful tempting. And then, uh, God, what would what would the other one be? Maybe Miami, well, t- Green Tampa, Bay? Tampa, yeah. Tampa. Did you say them? Tampa, Buffalo, Indy, and the Rams are the four plus EV and the Rams and the Rams. I'm not going to put them as plus EV because that is going to take, that is going to be an enormous amount of the pool is going to have Rams. Yeah. Um, So you're, if you get an EV, it's very, I'll be using Colts for most Um, of mine. You can, you can, ironically, you can consider KC this week. You can consider Pittsburgh this week. I don't have a lot of future value really on KC. The only other one that I would consider KC would be, uh, against the Giants week eight. Um, Pittsburgh, I have no future value on them, basically. They have one, I guess they have one other game that you could consider, and that's against Detroit week 10. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this comes down to Indy, and if you have the stomach to continue to go against Houston, which I'm fine with. I'm fine doing mind. it. I, think I didn't probably... do it last week. It went all Minnesota. So I'm Minnesota's used up in all my contests. Okay. No more Vikings for me. All right. Uh, We'll get to a couple as we get to them, but uh, yeah, Chargers, Colts, Baltimore just next. in general, I think you're going to have about, I think that Colts have about an 85% win probability by my numbers, and you're going to have about 30-ish percent of the pool there. Um, so that's a nice strategy play. More people will be on the Rams. Like the Colts yeah. is probably the play for me. So, yeah, all right, Chargers at Baltimore. A couple of MVP candidates going at it, a couple of, Nice wins, nice late wins. High coming, both coming off uh, the high of getting a sneaky win. Both look good. Lamar's passing numbers, obviously eye-popping, hosting the Chargers coming to the East Coast. Is this an early game? It is. So you've got an East Coast start time for a West Coast team. And got a, is there anything else situational there? I have something against Baltimore for this one. Not well, sure it's a little it bit of a short week. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So they Excuse get me. they do have a, a little bit of a rest disadvantage. I make this three and a half, and I don't have much to say about this. I'm excited for this game. I want to um, watch it. Yeah. So let's talk about the line real quick because i've heard this a couple of places a couple of people have said this and i haven't really pushed back um why is this three or people you know they saw the open why three and a half what you know like that was kind of the common tick right you heard that i'm sure oh yeah it's gotten bet i mean it's gotten bet to three so chargers beat all these good teams there's some market momentum here for the la chargers everybody talking all week brandon staley plus ev coach doing all the right things all that is true the preseason prior, do you want to guess what this line was expected to be if we go back in time to the beginning of September? Five and a half? It was exactly five and a half. That is a wonderfully good guess. <laughs> and so the difference between the win prob- expected win probability of five and a half and three is massive. 
Um, and so we have this number at three reflects a huge adjustment already in favor of the Chargers. And even at three and a half, like, you know, that reflected some weight on the prior where we thought Baltimore clearly in the upper echelon, Chargers clearly in the middle. And, uh, you know, we, I, I guess at this point, my numbers say charge uh, Ravens or pass. And considering what the Chargers have done to this point in the season, it was an easy pass. Yeah. Um, same, same with me. I'm, a, I'm on the Ravens side of three. I love what they've been doing. The fact that they've been able to, you know, a big knock on them the last couple of years was like, oh, yeah, the running game is wild. Like, this is, they're doing stuff we've never seen with a running quarterback and just any running back they put back there is just working out, which is still obviously still a thing for them. But the fact that they've been able to add such a nice element to the passing game and make it work is scary. Although, for some reason, like, uh, you know, the full, um, is it Endgame or Infinity War? Where he, you know, what did what did it cost uh, the defense? Like for some reason, it costs the defense, and some of that is just injury and attrition and aging out, and they don't have the skill players that they once did. But this defense is not nearly as good, so they haven't moved much for me because of that. Like the offense, I'm upgrading this offense, downgrading this defense, and the Ravens are pretty much staying pat. So the fact that this has come down from the preseason. I'm, I'm, if if other market forces are treating the Ravens like they did in the preseason with their priors, haven't moved them all that much, it's saying all of it is a Chargers upgrade, which is fair. And this number is probably pretty fair. And I'm fine yes. with that. And I'm That's... fine. I'm fine just watching this game and enjoying it. I might bet over just for fun. I mean, it's this is flirting with two and a half at some places at this point, which is insane. Um, but you no, know, just to kind of comment, Mark brings up three and a half to five and a half isn't that massive. It's a warranted moves. Just so just in terms of implied implied win probability at this point, right? As of <laughs> I wanted to bring that up too. We'll get there in a second. Just in time, implied implied win probability, we're almost up to about a 12% swing here. Uh, and there's not a lot you can say that is worthy of downgrading Baltimore. So this is a 12% swing that is all one way upgrading LA. Um, and that's a lot for this early in the season for five results. Um, so I think the value numbers wise is probably Ravens, especially if it gets to two and a half. The um, problem is every matchup advantage in this game ticks the box chargers for me. All of them. Yeah. Chargers defense actually matches up well against Lamar. Kind of the perfect defense, if you want to be honest. Uh, Lamar in general over the course of this season. Oh, USA wins 2-1. They didn't get that third goal, though. Shucks. Um, the uh, the general um, uh, point that I was going to make I lost because Dan was dancing to the USA winning. But uh, <laughs> the, Blame um, it on Dan. The, general, the general approach teams have taken to defending Lamar Jackson this season has been to cheat on the early down designed runs that are such a huge part of the Greg Roman offense. And in response to that, there's been some nice audibling and some nice designed pass plays that have taken advantage of the soft spots in the defense created by that cheating. That's what I'm yeah. seeing. Okay. And the, and and the chargers don't yeah. have to cheat. The chargers they don't have, have the to skill. Cheat. They have the skill position players all over the defense to not That's cheat. Exactly the point. Yeah. They don't have to cheat. And 
if Lamar has kind of gotten into this comfortable, oh, well, I'm going to throw it here and here and here. Well, there's a lot of guys that have the ability to pick off the football who are going to be occupying those locations that I'm nervous about if I'm back in Baltimore here, right? Like every pass out of Lamar's hands on early downs is going to be a little of like, where's it going? Where's it going? Where's it going? Is it? Yes. Okay. Whew. You know, like that, that is going to be something to be carefully watching. And Hey, look, Greg Roman and Baltimore might be wise to all of this, and they may come out with a run-heavy approach on early downs from that is all Lamar-based, and they may be able to get 10 yards a pop out of him in this game, and their offense might be awesome. Um, flip the switch here and look at Chargers against the Baltimore defense, and you have a very obvious mismatch of this passing attack and these wide receivers, including Austin Eckler, against a Ravens defense that can absolutely be passed on this year. This Ravens defense is not the same unit that we saw last year. Both injury and scheme have taken a meaningful step backwards. And uh, I think realistically, the Chargers are going to be able to put up points here. And for all those reasons, over was a great play on Sunday. And I'm happy that it has now moved across 51. There was resistance at 52. Did you see that? It ticked up to 52 and it got whack a mold back down. Um, so there is some market, I think, likes 51 and a half. This is probably where we ride this out. Weather's going to be fine. Um, I think realistically, it's going to be a, a very good game. I like points here. I think it'll be decided late. I think both teams, you have two plus EV coaches in terms of when to go for it. Uh, you have great kicking, obviously, with the Baltimore Ravens in terms of getting those extra points from 50-yard field goals. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't really have um, much f- concern about fourth down regression coming for the Chargers anytime soon because they run the good plays. Yeah, they're running good plays and they're <laughs> catching defenses by surprise. And as long as that's still happening, they're going to keep converting. So, and Justin Herbert is on a fucking heater right now, man. I know you saw a lot of those passes he threw. He yeah. threw some extremely tough, good balls against that Browns team. Browns were not playing bad defense in that game. They were covering relatively well, except for the one blown cover against Mike Williams. And uh, I, you know, that's it's uh, they're just the the this offense is on another level right now. It's awesome to see. It's a lot of fun, especially, and it, that was the thing. Like I, I posted my top 10 power ranked teams got a lot of shit for keeping the chargers too low. And I had to tell a bunch of people, I'm like, I'm cheering for the chargers. I have Justin Herbert MVP tickets. This is not my opinion. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not saying, Oh, I don't think I they're remember, very good. I will stand up for you. If anyone says, no, you don't. I, you, I have the screenshots. <laughs> yeah. I'll post some damn tickets to those. I got a 28. I'm pretty happy with. So nice Justin stuff. Herbert MVP, let's go switch to the second half of the, the slate. And any, Team total Chargers twenty four in your any 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 feel for that? I guess it's probably twenty four and a half now. What keeps this Chargers team under twenty four is really yeah. Let's here. let's do that one. I, I'd like to cheer for Herbert to score. Okay, because I'm doubling I, I down like your, I, like I have your a full over. game I like over, but you didn't get right. Secret pod okay. plays coming out, and geez, I didn't remember there was this many games left. Although I don't have much to say about a couple Chargers. Cincinnati over. Twenty-four and a half. Secret pop play. Sorry. Secret Go ahead. Pop play. Go ahead. Cincinnati at Detroit. Battle of the large cats. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati. That is how they're selling this. 
the battle yeah, of the large cats yeah it's uh, like rumble in the jungle the uh thrill in manila the battle of the large cats at detroit detroit playing really hard for their crazy coach who have now fallen in love with madly in love with dan campbell and still no wins probably should have had a couple wins this is a rough 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 go at of it for these guys i'm at a bigger number than when it's when it's what it opened at it's like this was this look ahead was three and a half it opened three and a half i'm not at three and a half and it's getting bet kind of the other way in some spots detroit like uh i'm betting cincy this is a bet cincy today okay. i i had even on the road, like the, too many injuries for Detroit at this point now against a good passing attack. I don't see the, I don't see an issue with a young quarterback on the road because it's Joe Burrow and he's shown the poise already to get it done against mm. much tougher teams. His throat is fine. He might have to go to silent counts. Yeah. He, he won't be, he won't be doing the, uh, he won't be doing the, the, what's that? no, well, the, you know, the hard counts to try to get people off, but yeah, I'm, I have to lay the three here. I make this Will he be half. able to communicate the play in the huddle? I I think you probably have a wide receiver do it. You think they put the green dot on the wide receiver? No, but he does like hand signals to him or something. I don't know. We used to run plays in with a wide receiver in high school. They'll figure something out, I'm sure. But yeah, this is a this is a tough spot for the Lions too. The, the continued the continued injuries for this team. They shouldn't have even been close with Minnesota. Like the fact that Minnesota had to, you know, sneak it out with them was pretty rough. That's a pretty bad indictment of just Zimmer going completely stupid brain with his late game strategy, game planning there. Minnesota should have won that by a couple scores. I'm not saying it would have been a good play, but if you teased Minnesota, you got the worst of it. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bowdy with the, uh, I'm bowdy with the Bengals here. Okay. I don't know. What do you, what do you make this? I am at a flat three, but I'm concerned about the Bengals offense with the voice injury. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I did. I didn't really. You know, the communication thing is rough. Joe Mix. <laughs> Joe Mixon is ankle is always hurt. They say, but he looks just fine. Like he looked just fine on that ankle. So I'm not worried about this offense. They don't have the horses to cover the receivers here. They have three good receivers. Everyone I, wants to talk yeah. chase. They have three good receivers. I'll this tell is, you. I'll, I'll, this I'll is tell you what, the truth. They're going to do what Minnesota should have done for them. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. My power numbers say that this is my unadjusted power numbers say that this is a three. Uh, and I'm not ever going to lay. Uh, I'm, I'm not ever going to take the points with the dog in this spot. Uh, this short this poor of a team in general. Um, and so I just kind of, over, I, I, I went right by it. <laughs> and I didn't make really any adjustments for whatever's going on with Cincinnati and Burrow, whatever's going on with uh, the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, it's worth noting, have lost their center, Frank Ragnow. Yeah. Um, the, in general, I'm more interested in fading golf outdoors than indoors. In general, I'm more interested in fading the Lions against a team that, um, you know, has a little bit more track record of plus EV offense. Um, Zach Taylor is still a guy that I'm struggling to figure out. He's feels That's the part I hate. He's here, here's the Zach Taylor thing, and I think I've got it, but I don't know. He's 
coaching for his job, which means he doesn't mind being aggressive because what do I have to, he's got nothing to lose, right? He's not actually making plus EV de decisions in game because he like understands them, right? He's just literally like, well, fuck it. I've got nothing to lose. I need to win this year or I'm gone. And I think that's what you're seeing. And it comes across a little, you know, fake sharpish, um, but uh, the identity of this team is still a huge question mark in terms of what how they want to run the offense. The mixing coming back, swirling. Uh, eh, if this is you know you take, I like the ball in Burrow's hand and the and the offense being more aggressive down the field more than I liked, um, you know the uh, the running on early first downs or, or on early downs with Mixon, but it might work against this Lions team because they stink. Um, I guess here's, a, here's a, yeah, the, they can get after the passer too. And the pass blocking for Detroit has been abysmal. The defense is quietly been one of the worst coverage units in the league. We just haven't seen like teams aren't for some reason taking the Lions, advantage. Right? Of, You're talking about the yeah, Lions. Yeah. The Lions. Yeah, I'm not right. sure. No, I teams are just that. not taking advantage of it. Some, somebody's going to put 50 up on this team one day. That's just like, oh, like, time to do it. Yeah, this would be a great time to do it. Be like, oh, this is a really bad secondary. Like, we can just throw in every down, and somebody's going to be open down the field. Not on that. You have Uzi. You have good. Uh, you have a good tight end, and on the other end, Hawkinson's banged up. I'm pretty sure he plays, but he's got an injured knee at this that's point a, too. That's good. Swift. To watch out Swift for you. was limited. Uh, Hawkinson did not practice today. Swift was limited, so they're banged up on offense. Their defense stinks, and they are missing an important piece of their offensive line that was already kind of getting dinged up a little so yeah, i'm on the three here okay um you're not worried about the uh, penny soul revenge game i don't think that's a thing <laughs> i'm being sarcastic if i hope I, I hope you aren't i think that's you don't think he's gonna pancake his way to a lion's win <laughs> i think he's injured penny soul I th I, he's dinged up. Like he'll is play. He really? Oh, like he's he's been banged up all year. He'll play. He's he wasn't on the report. I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Giants at uh, Giants hosting the Rams. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we don't know if it'll be Glennon or Dimes. Mister Daniel Jones was at practice. They said he didn't have pads on, and then a reporter told Joe Judge, "Yes, he did." <laughs> and Joe Judge made a weird face. So that's where that franchise is at. <laughs> The Rams, Jesus like we Christ. talked about, are going to be used in Survivor a ton, even though they're on the road. Ten-ish, that's probably where it should be. Um, I'm Saquon isn't a big needle mover for me, especially in the markets. I make this 10.4. I'm not interested in betting this any which way but loose. Tony is banged up. Galladay is hurt. Saquon is out. You already lost Blake Martinez. Your starting quarterback is concussed. Things are going from bad to worse. You're one and four. Don't put Daniel Jones out there if he's not quite ready. That would be irresponsible, I think. Just you're one and four. Like you're not in this division last year where it's like, oh, we're two games out of first, though. Like the the, the Cowboys are actually good this year, so I would uh, I would hope they are responsible with him. Who knows? He might be just fine. He might have been popping popping back from it, but this is a. Uh, this is another one where I I lean under, but what's going again, on with that the, market? Talk to me. Yeah, talk that, to me that because market, I'm, that market I'm has very, been very, weird. very, very confused. I'm not close to 48 and a half. In fact, I liked 47 and a half because I thought this was going to cross 47. 
And I haven't gotten a market to bet into because everybody's low limits and, you know, wants to wait for the news here. Um, but it's all, it's at 49 in some places. Is this manipulation because the limits are low or what's happening here? I tend to lean that way, but I honestly don't know. I don't know why this is going up. Um, none of the, none of the injuries are really like defensive injuries. Um, and yeah, the Rams oh, defense is a little, out of me. little fraudulent, but boy, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very confused in why this is going up. So, um, yeah, Andrew Thomas hurt his foot. Yes, uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot bunch to of go, good, like bunch of guys. The Giants, the Giants can score offense. like six points here if if this is you know you can say what you want about the Rams being fraudulent. Like if just all your skill players are injured, it's going to be yeah. tricky to get this done even at home. This so, is yeah, I completely see that exactly the same way. This is a good spot for the. Giants, I mean, the, the Rams defense to get right play like they played last year. <laughs> and honestly, like, can the Rams score 49? Maybe, maybe. Uh, I but at that point, why aren't people just betting the Rams minus 10? <laughs> why are you betting over 47 and a half to 48 and a half to 49? Um, there's a little bit of wind in the forecast here, and Meadowlands tends to be a little tricky when it comes to wind. Should we just um, bet this under? Should we just? I, yes, think... but I still would love I watched, to I know. It. I would I love it. to know what the angle is on the over. Would love to because guess what? Even if Danny Dimes plays, even if he goes, are they going to use his greatest strength? You can't call designed runs for you him. You cannot call designed runs. You'll concuss him out of the game, maybe for the season. Yeah, maybe. I don't think people are like betting into a, a major liquid market based off of, I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers and we're going to get short fields for the Rams. So I don't know. I'm, I'm probably, there's a 90% chance we're going to be betting this under. The preseason total expectation here, by the way, 45 and a half. I mean, maybe, I, whenever you have Deshaun Jackson in the game. Yeah, I guess that's maybe part Arizona, of Cleveland. Deshaun Jackson <laughs> has had some memorable games in the Meadowlands. It's true. Yeah, he has. Um, I'll tee this one up. I played the Browns. Really good game. This will be played really the Browns. good one, too. I played him at two and a half. I laid a little bit of juice, but not as much as you would have to do to get a two and a half now. The matchup is good for the Browns in this one. Obviously, they're strength of their offense right now the rushing attack going up against the bottom five rush defense is something that i love the cardinals and an injured right shouldered kyler murray going to a windy paul brown stadium and trying to go score for score with this browns team is something that i do not think will be effective um and you've seen some pretty healthy action come in pushing this total down which i believe is probably directionally correct it may have overreacted a bit because i don't know if we're going to quite get to the 20 mile per hour threshold uh however the way that the cleveland brown stadium is situated i don't think you need 20 miles an hour to be a problem when it comes to wind in that stadium um i'm a little conscientious of this spot for the browns in that they played their damn asses off last week and lost and Sometimes that can deflate a locker room a bit. There's obviously a lot swirling around what's going on with Baker Mayfield and the quality of his play over the balance of the season and why he can't close the door on some of these wins. Um, and if he's elite and if he deserves a contract and if Odell Beckham Jr. will ever find chemistry with uh, with Baker Mayfield, the answer is probably no. Um, but all that said, 
the Browns, I think, win the battle in the trenches on both sides of the football here, which is huge. Um, They're dealing with an absolute S load of injuries. I know this, um, but I don't care. I mean, Arizona does too. Arizona, not as, not as many, but important injuries. And obviously that you're, you're going to be missing Chandler Jones. And then also, when did the uh, – here's the old pop quiz for you. When did yes. the Cardinals become bad last year? It was around the time that Kyle Murray injured his shoulder. Yeah. So this is this is very, very if you're if you have Arizona tickets, futures, and this is concerning for me. And I I again I bet this team total under a regular season win total under, but I've written it off. It's dead. That ticket's gone. There's no chance they're going like two and ten down the stretch. So um when he hurt his shoulder, they stopped running him as much, and the offense completely changed. And they weren't—they weren't scoring. They didn't look as good. They were disjointed, discombobulated. If that looks anything like this, we're going to be looking for—we're going to be looking for futures on some of these other teams in this division. Not only to win the division, but to win the NFC conference. You probably because, need to get involved with yeah. the Rams now if that's what you want, because the Seahawks are effed, the Niners are effed, and the yeah. Rams play the Giants and they play the Lions next week. <laughs> so yeah. the Rams are going to catch a little steam in this next two weeks. Yeah. So that's again, Cleveland facing a lot of injuries. I'm not as excited to get involved in this as you, even though I, uh, I, I actually. My numbers are a little cardinal leany, to tell you the truth. But I haven't done any injury adjustments for this at all. Mm. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to get get in bed with the Rams or the Seahawks to win the NFC. Ooh, well, uh, wait till we get to the Seahawks game because I got some thoughts for you. Um, Arizona, my fair here is Cleveland minus three and a half. Browns, please, please get it done. Um, Let's move on. I can't spare any more thoughts on the Browns or the Cardinals. <laughs> um, What's your coach, general? What you didn't? Do, I'm guessing. Did you? Did you bet this game? No, gosh, no. If you had to, if you had to for a pool, are you team Raiders distracted letdown or team Raiders rally to save their season? I would say let down because their offense is gonna their offensive game plan is gonna be worse. Like you might be a hateful bigot, but you could call some plays. <laughs> like like say what you want about you know the shit he said. And it's not the kind of stuff that should ever go in a work email or probably any emails. Guys like take it easy on that stuff. And you know, we're not gonna get into a big debate about what happened and why and who and the where because there's a lot going on there with the Washington football team of all places for this to come from but the guy was an offensive smart guy like he knew his way around a fun creative offense for many years and that's i mean that was they won they won a super bowl because they had tony dungy's defense and he came in there and made the offense half decent and let brad johnson win a goddamn super bowl so and now he's not even up on the ring of honor that that stuff always cracks me up like i didn't even think of that like tampa comes out with a Tampa comes out with a PR like, oh, we took him down. I'm like, I, I guess it kind of have to do that sort of stuff. But I think this offense takes a step back because of this and this defense kind of, you know, it, we saw a jump up, but it's still not a good defense. So I'm worried about the Raiders long term and people rushed to bet the Broncos minus three. 
the Broncos probably coming back into a normal spot in their range, maybe the middle to lower third of their range after they were three and zero, and they were over bet going into that Baltimore game. They lost two in a row and now they're back into a normal price rate. Uh, excuse me, price range kind of choked on myself there a little. And yeah, I guess I, I would have made a little bit of value, but I have this at like 2.8. So I'm, I'm not betting this, and I'm certainly not getting in bed with the Raiders at this point. Okay. Yeah. I don't uh, have any appetite to get involved with the Raiders either. Um, my gut was that it was going to be more rally around, uh, you know, locker room leaders and let's go save our season. But the comments that Derek Carr came out with today completely threw cold water on that. Um, he was basically going full emo car. Uh, sad to see his buddy Gruden have to be, you have to have to pay a price for his, um, you know, assholery. Yeah. Um, the, the only positive I will say was probably the right call to make the special teams coach head coach. Let Gus Bradley and ooh, who's the other coordinator? Why am I blanking on this right now? Uh, let, do you want a clue? Let, no, because it's it's not going to come out. It's tip of the tongue thing. Just say it. It's he. It's the same name as a guy who was a tight end for a long time in the league. Hunter Renfro. Everybody's named Hunter. <laughs> no. Um, it is Greg Olson. Greg Olson. There we go. Greg Olson and Gus Bradley continuing to do their jobs is probably the right call. Put the off at, or put the special teams guy, and he's been there for a while. Like he knows the yeah, team. Yes. Like so, uh, maybe not a big drop off as far as the team, but a drop off offensively. And I'm not excited about this. This this might be an under spot. Hmm. Okay. Easy stay away from me. Um, oh yeah, on the Gruden stuff, I I think all of the I haven't seen all the emails obviously because they're hiding them. Uh, they only released selective set of them. Just, and the just ones enough that, to let you know that like, hey, here's some stuff he said. Yeah, he's an asshole, and I get it. Like, yeah, that's shocking. Gruden is an asshole, um, and I think this is you know if you're gonna behave if you're gonna conduct yourself that way in a professional setting, then you do. You, and this is your comeuppance, then so be it. It seems fair. Um, but, uh, I also think that this feels very PR coordinated by the NFL in general, um, to sort of take some of the sting off of whatever else is going on that they found in the Washington football team investigation that they want to bury inside of a, a mine, a tungsten mine and blow the freaking mine shaft, uh, so that no one can ever find out what exactly was going on in Washington. Um, and hopefully there's public pressure or media pressure and some investigative reporting that digs out exactly what else was going on there because I might watch um, all the president's men tonight. Ooh. Things, things you think there's getting, a deep throat in Washington, things getting hidden in Washington. This ooh. is a, it's just a good movie anyway. I mean, yeah. Kills that. Um, yeah. The, like without, without getting too deep into that. Yeah. They're, they're carrying, it's not even carrying water. It's just the, the owner's, have much, much, much more, much more power than people realize and can get away with quite a bit. It takes so much for uh, any sports owner. I mean, it took what was uh, back when the Clippers had to oust theirs. I mean, that was some pretty bad stuff. And it was just, it wasn't something they could brush under the rug. It was like right there. And that, you know, the girlfriend taped him saying it. And then he turned out to, I mean, he was pretty creepy anyway. So (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, the worst stuff that any human being has ever said or thought is 
come came from Donald Sterling, so not shocking. <laughs> Daddy Sterling was something. not shocking. There was there was like um, a little podcast series on him that, that I think ESPN did, which was pretty pretty worthwhile listen. Well, um, yeah, I'm very much following this just to see if the NFL does really truly try to bury the rest of that investigation because that would be something. And this feels like this feels like a coordinated PR effort. Like this was strategic <laughs> to a degree. Yeah. Like let's get a big name. Let's get let's let's oust him. It can be on a team that uh, in an owner we can a franchise. We, no one, the rest of the guys in the boy, boys club of the NFL owners don't care about embarrassing the Raiders, embarrassing Mark Davis. They'd hate him anyway. Um, and honestly, they're probably doing him a favor by relieving him of the $60 million obligation he has to John Gruden. So, um, you know, it's, this is all very weird. All of it's weird. And uh, I don't think we've heard the end of this yet, which obviously I'd rather the NFL was about football. But here we are. Uh, most important entertainment property in the world, maybe the United States, Def uh, definitely United States, maybe Disney. The you think Disney is more powerful okay. and important than well, the NFL? Yeah, they they own ESPN and Marvel. Those are two best things like that you can have, and Disney World. Anyway, we're on to Dallas and New England. Hmm. I I sold out to a four here. I played a very very cheap four. Okay. Talk me into this because my numbers say that this is Patriots or pass. I just uh, offensive upgrade, like massive offensive upgrade from my priors. And I've, I've swayed this one a little further away when a team has priors like last season for Dallas Cowboys, I can't use them in the same way I'm using uh, another team. Like, Hey, this is what the team was about last year. This is what I, what, where I was at on this team at the end of last year. I take away all the players they lost. I add in the players they added, drafted, coach changes and all that, and I come up with a prior. I can't do that with Dallas because of the massive, massive injuries. There's three or four teams where I just can't use the prior numbers because last year didn't make any sense for what this team's makeup is from a roster standpoint. So I am quicker to upgrade Dallas than most, I think. Maybe, I, I don't know how if you're in the same light as me on that, but I'm upgrading Dallas much faster than I normally would because I want less and less of their priors built into my numbers. And four is cheap for me with this offense right now. Okay. I don't have a huge problem with that, honestly. Uh, and if you're going to go to war with a team, it better be one that has an offense that's as good as the Cowboys. Um, you got a cheap make, four. Good for you. Make it six. Six. Wow. Okay. I think I'm off market with Dallas, but I'm fine with it. I'd rather be ahead, ahead and wrong than behind and wrong. I am Dallas 2.9er here. And I wonder what our, I wonder what our New England numbers look like. We might have to talk about that afterwards. Uh, my New England number. They are the. I have them as the 17th best team in the NFL right now. They're a little worse than league average. About 0.1 standard deviations worse than league average. I have them 21st, 20th, excuse me, 20th, not too far back. I think I just have Dallas higher. So yeah, I'm on uh, Dallas. I know a lot of people, a lot of you smart cookies in the chat, grab some one last week. Good job for anybody who got an early number. You got some massive value, a um, little bit of buyback at four. I know this ticked to four, Chris in certain places. So coming back and Papa calls even says he got Dallas plus three over the summer. Look at that. Nice That's work, a hell man. of a number. Um, God, I was going to say, let's get to the last game, but the last game's barely worth talking about. <laughs> Seattle at Pittsburgh is an ugly one. This is, <clears throat> I mentioned this 
Um, on the Sunday pod, I downgraded five points for Gino to Russ. Russ to Gino, rather. I'm not swaying off. That was kind of a quick math for me, and I'm sticking with it. It's pretty close to where I want to be. So I had to give him a pretty big downgrade, and I think I might be light on it just based off where I'm sitting compared to the market. So, like, talk me into how big of a win percentage swing are you giving for the quarterback difference? I went pretty heavy. I have a two standard deviation downgrade at the quarterback position from Rustus to uh, Gino. Um, and I s- still showed value in Seattle, <laughs> but I didn't bet it. Um, I think this is probably Seattle or pass. I think Pittsburgh weighing this many points is a tough ask considering how that offense has played so far this season. Uh, however, I think if you give the Pittsburgh a full week of, of time to prepare for a Geno Smith led offense, then they may make they you know, they may make him look pretty bad. Um, there's really, I've heard very, I've heard a couple of different takes on Geno and Seattle. And uh, in general, people are like, well, he might operate more inside the framework of uh, Shane Waldron's system. And therefore, maybe he, maybe they, they are surprisingly frisky offensively. And then I've heard other people say, well, combine a minus EV approach that <laughs> Pete Carroll is intent to run on and run out there. And, you know, with a Geno Smith replacement level quarterback, and you're in deep, deep, deep trouble. Um, so it's generally not a game I want to get involved in much. I think I'd rather use this time to just say I hope the Seattle fan base continues to put pressure on Pete Carroll and not give him a pass for whatever happens this season in the absence of Russell Wilson. Um, a good coach like Sean Payton lost his Hall of Fame quarterback for almost the exact same time frame in a similar situation with a losing record. And he was able to stitch together winning stretches of football that kept his team in the playoff. Every time. Every single time. Plus Chris Carson's coming back. Like he's probably going to practice the end of this week and play. It is Seattle or nothing. Like people, Oh, how can you back Seattle? How how can you possibly back Seattle after Russ is like, well, that is a hundred and, 30% 30% baked into the line. Like, oh, of course. Is, you know, yeah, the, the look ahead on this was, you know, clear on the other side. I mean, it, it was a completely different what was number. It? Do you have it up? I I want to say it was flipped on, from on, a flip from a Seattle th- two and a half. Three. I have Seattle three. So we have a touchdown adjustment by the market already because Steelers had taken a little too already. And yeah, I mean, this is built in. Seattle plus four with Geno is probably a fair number. Geno is still a, a half-decent backup. He actually had a nice throw. That touchdown pass wasn't horrid. And yeah, this is this is not a spot where I would want to lay money with Big Ben uh, with this offense. Just uh, this, the Seahawks defense has been not anything to write home about, but it's just too many points. Like this is pretty, if, if I'm, I'm taking a lot of guesses here because I don't have priors on this offense with Gino, 
I'm taking a ton of guesses and I'm probably thinking I'm probably at around Steelers minus three and a half. Like I'm showing value on Seattle and I just can't do it. Okay. Yeah, there, there's there's just no no chance I'm going to going to bet into this market. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Um are we gonna yeah, we have to watch this? Game. And look at this total. <laughs> this is, this I is, guess if you want to bet if you want to bet Seattle, is this gonna be a f- game decided by a field goal or are they gonna just win outright? <laughs> like Still, I, even with Ben being this bad, this defense this offense should be so much better for Pittsburgh. That's what's maddening about them. There I you know what's funny, so much ink, ink spilled, so many uh so many words spared. Uh, in the preseason about how bad the Steelers offensive line was and oh woe is me and there that's gonna be their Achilles heel. Eh, they've been fine. <laughs> it's been all Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And yeah, so. they, they, Pittsburgh should be okay on offense. I have Seattle as like my twenty second best defense. It's not it's not gonna be hard for them. They're gonna make it hard on themselves. Eric Eager said it the best way. Even when they were eleven and zero last year. They were doing things in a way where they have to cross the street a hundred times to get to where they're going. And it's, it sucks. So, and no, my other teaser leg was the Colts. Colts and the uh, Colts and the Carolina Panthers for me, a seven pointer at minus 130. And yeah, this, this screams an ugly turnover laden game that we will be laughing at at overtime and in overtime of halftime. I love it, man. Um, weird week. Hey, yeah, uh, real quick. Yes. Disney and the NFL—they are almost deadly dead square net worth. Really? How about of that? Of course you looked. Of course you looked. That <laughs> I was curious because I, I was like, maybe I'm talking out of my ass. Um, but yeah, no. The current estimated net worth of uh, Walt Disney is in the ballpark of 150 oh, billion. No, Disney the entity okay. <laughs> is 150 billion dollars that is taking their total assets minus their liabilities um and the nfl similarly uh you know if you accumulate cumulative value of the franchises franchisees uh including uh future contracts um you know with the entertainment companies they have is uh just around 150 160 billion dollars also so you pulled the balance sheets or what pretty much a draw i would say uh although if i if you had to ask me i think the value of the nfl being sort of the only thing people are watching live television that you can sell them ads against at the point <laughs> whereas disney and movies and streaming probably continues to you know kind of have a, i think that has a lower ceiling really than the nfl in terms mm-hmm. of value and dollars you can bring in over the future next couple of years so um that's just my two cents but one and then one quick thing that i just saw before we go the jaguars this can't be right i need to pull this up how many how many field goals do you think the jaguars have scored this year who's their kicker josh lambo yeah is it lambo still i was just making that up i have no idea man <laughs> okay uh three According to this, zero. Like they have, they have made zero, or they have attempted. They've zero? made zero field goals. They've only scored on one field goal when they ran other teams back. Apparently, are you kidding? I I don't think so. No, that on the first one they had the Chark touchdown, the return field goal, or excuse me, the Arizona game, the Robinson touchdown, 
Oh. Uh, against Denver, they scored a touchdown early, a touchdown late, missed an extra point. Against Houston, they scored 21. That one's pretty easy to come up with. It was touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. 21 against the Bengals and the Titans. They scored 19 via three touchdowns and a couple um, misses. Yeah, Josh Lambeau, 0 for 3 so far this season. 0 for 3, no field goals for five games. Weird bar trivia for you, and we'll that leave it at that. I just, um, yeah, I think Gil, Gil put it up on his uh, Instagram. <laughs> Super weird. All right. Let's let's call it. I'll be here. We'll be here tomorrow for a halftime show, huh? Cool. Can't wait. Uh, hopefully, we are um, trying to figure out if we're going to shoot for the middle with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up twenty four zero. That would be ideal. Pretty, pretty sweet. Part of Urban's two fifty two fifty plan. Jesus. All right. See you guys. He can uh, he can pull off 250-250 if he goes back to USC. Please don't forget to give me a thumbs up. Yeah, if you're USC, are you like, are we sure we want him or Pete Carroll?